Welcome to the podcast, Intuition Speaks with Tia Marie. I'm so excited that you guys decided to join me today for another episode. This is a podcast about spiritual well-being, growth, and development, and just becoming the best version of you that you could possibly be. I am Tia Marie, an Akashic reader, shamanic healer, and overall intuition specialist, here to help you on your own personal spiritual journey by sharing my own experiences as I grow and develop with you guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Intuition Speaks with Tia Marie. I am so excited to have a new guest here, Miss Gada Jane. She is an intuitive and a psychic, and we just have so much fun before even recording this with some laughter. So I know this episode is going to be a good one. You're going to want to tune into. We're talking all about intuition and how to like tap into your little toolbox. And she's going to give me a reading. <laughs> I can't wait. So why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you discovered your intuition and Give us the real, the spiel. Okay, sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Um, so I was raised a skeptic. Um, my parents kind of didn't believe in religion, didn't believe in psychic phenomena. And I hadn't really, I guess, thought too much about it um, for a long time. I had just sort of accepted the skeptical sort of worldview that this is just something sort of people get weird in their head and do. <laughs> Um, so that was kind of my perspective, but I was an artist, so I was very interested in figuring out how do you kind of go inside and let processes like flow through you so that I could write freely so that I could tap into different sides of myself. But I would do that in a way that was very much like informed by um, like ideas of how the right way to do it, like disciplined processes, like setting schedules. And I actually found that very, very stressful. I had these ideas that I could like set my career and like model it off somebody else and then implement that, like force my way through my life to become the artist that I thought I should be. And that was really stressful. So what happened was I went, I finished a big project and I went on vacation to Europe and I kind of realized that I had no idea how to relax. Like, I just didn't know. I would just I would just get very distressed and like fixate on little problems. Like the train was not scheduled properly. Now I'm very mad. And so I kind of figured, okay, well, I've got to figure out how to relax because that's how you would do a vacation. Um, and I just started trying to like tune in to my body, figure out what I was feeling, figure out what I wanted to do by feeling what I actually felt. And... What happened that was very, very unexpected was I started to just follow the energy of like literally my abdomen, like guiding me down streets. And I kept having these incredibly synchronous experiences. Like I was wandering and I ended up in this cafe in Nice, France, next to this woman who was doing all of this intuitive work. And I ended up becoming friends with her. She had like this little uh, border collie puppy that sat under my, my chair and we became quite good friends. We wandered around. Um, she lived nearby. And like the next year I ended up visiting her and she kind of influenced me and gave me all of these ideas. So it's like every time I would do this, what I called intuitive walking, I would have this sort of magical experiences and things that felt 
um, both synchronous and also like too on the nose to be true. Like but the second time I did it, I ended up standing outside a building thinking, this, this is where I have to be. But I didn't know why. And then I Googled the name of the building and it turned out it was like a, a pre-seminary for Catholics who were considering entering a spiritual ministry. And I was like, oh, wait. And then the next time I did it, I ended up holding my hand over this pile of books and picking one out and saying, and it was a book about finding your spiritual path by walking. And I was like, wait, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. So it was this kind of like these experiences that were just too perfect to, to be coincidental. And it was also that I could feel the energy before I would get the, the sort of payoff. So I became really interested and just like obsessive about exploring that. And then I ended up going to a psychic in Vancouver who just sort of knew things out of my head. He, would, he was talking about what I was thinking about and I hadn't told him anything. And I was just amazed because I had been felt drawn to this psychic, but I hadn't at all felt like I expected anything. Like I didn't think that psychics were real on some level. And I was so compelled that I went back two days later and he kind of looked at me and said, what, like, why are you here? I just, I just did a reading for you. What do you want? And I was, I was like, I don't know. Like I had come in with no, I don't know. I just needed to figure this out. I just felt I drawn to this. And he looked at me and he said, I think you could do this. And so he taught me to hold my hand over a picture and just see images. And he was telling me like, oh yeah, no, you have this ability to do this. So I started practicing this and I became just completely shocked that every time I would do this, I would see literal images from people's lives, people I didn't know, people I hadn't met, friends of friends. And so that was kind of the beginning of everything. It completely, I became obsessed with figuring this out and I kind of had to completely change my worldview from there. Wow. I feel like that is such an, uh, like, it's such a nice gradual awakening to it, but also like just pulled you right in from the get-go. And I think that some people don't have such nice awakening stories. Um, I really want to talk a little bit more about your upbringing because the majority of people that I've talked to, and this was what really like excited me about having you on here as a different perspective. The most most people I talk to, they're like, oh, I had shame because I was raised in such a religious household. But tell us a little bit about your upbringing, because I think this is so interesting. Well, I was raised, like I said, a skeptic. My parents were both atheists. and But I was sent to a Catholic school. Um, I think my parents were vaguely interested in me having like uh knowledge of religion but I they also it was because of things around going to a French immersion school so I could learn French um but I I just feel like my upbringing was both really really like uh open-minded so there was a lot of willingness to explore but there was also just like this very clear understanding that what you were supposed to do was really think about everything and really come up with clear arguments like my, the dinner table was very much like you had to formulate rational arguments so rationality was a really big part of my upbringing um but there was also a lot of kind of uh I wouldn't say hostility to religion but a sense that it can become very limiting for people and so there was when I was in high school I started I became very good friends with a Baptist pastor's daughter she's my best friend for several years in high schools and I would go to the Baptist church and I feel like that was the thing that my dad was most worried about that I did as a kid he would be like you're not 
you're not going to become a Baptist, are you? And I think part of it was not necessarily that they were opposed to the beliefs or the religion, but they really wanted to raise their children in a way where I was thinking, and we, I have a sister as well. So my sister and I were thinking for ourselves and really thinking about things. Um, and that meant that when I started doing this, this work, my parents had a kind of weird relationship to it where they were both kind of like admiring at how carefully I thought about everything they'd be like okay well I think you're 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 approaching it rationally you're testing everything so that's okay but then they were also very troubled by it because it's kind of like the one thing that wasn't really acceptable like weird beliefs I feel like the story I had of a lot of people was that they would, you know, go into these kind of weird beliefs. And I didn't think too much about it. My parents didn't talk too much about it. It seemed like it was sort of irrational things that people sort of read into or made up versions of reality that was sort of lost in their head. Um, and I think, so I think that I had like a really clear process that actually helped me to understand these things because I was able to take that really careful way of thinking about the world and then apply it to these experiences that I was having and sort of understand and test like, okay, well, I'm I, I sense that this is happening and then it shows up in the real world. So I can compare and then I can like build rational arguments on it. So that was a really big part of my upbringing, but there definitely was, is, is still for my parents a lot of like stress especially around the mediumship element of what I do like they, they're very sort of uh, they frame the world in a very materialist you know the the physical world is what exists way and I think that and so we, I, like constantly right now with my mom I'll sort of mention something about mediumship and she'll sort of get quiet and say okay well you know not really like this is uh, this is where we differ. She can accept the sort of psychic reading of people like, oh, yes, well, I'm sure you could pick up something. I don't really understand how that works or what the what the process is that allows you to do this. But the mediumship requires this sort of shift in a worldview, I guess, that she's <laughs> they're not entirely comfortable with. I love that. I love that you like apply the science to it. Like, I'm very much like, I'm like, okay, yes, I understand this and I see this, but like, okay, so how? And I need to like, I need to do the experiment over and over again to make sure that like with the different variables <laughs> that things aren't changing too much. Like, so I love how like your upbringing actually kind of helped you in a way to see this side of the world, like a little bit differently, but also like that you've kind of just accepted and embodied it, even though you've had that upbringing that kind of looked at you a little bit sideways about it. So I just love that it was just a different perspective on like, you know, I think that a lot of people come into this with like shame, you know? And one of the things that I really like about you is that you like to use the word psychic. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, at first I didn't like to use the word psychic at all. I, and that's why my, 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 I call myself an intuitive. My website is Gata Jane Intuitive. And a lot of that was because I thought it was going to be okay 
to be an intuitive and not okay to be a psychic. And even now I was talking to a friend recently who's kind of skeptical and she was fine with me saying I'm an intuitive and describing basically psychic encounters I'd had with people as long as I said it was an intuitive. And then I just threw the word psychic in and she said, well, you know, not psychic. And I was, I was thinking, but I'm talking about reading people that aren't like on the other side of the planet. What else? what else would you call that? That's the accurate term. But, you know, she could handle the description, but there is this sort of stigma around the word psychic. And I think as I did more of this work, I started to want to use the word psychic, partly because I felt like by using the word intuitive, I was contributing to uh, like staying away, like, oh, I won't touch that word. And I wanted with my work to be kind of embracing like, the whole tradition of people that have done this work before. And I felt like having been somebody who sort of dismissed people doing that my whole life, sort of didn't take it seriously. People might sort of say I'm a psychic and I would kind of do that thing that skeptics do where they're like, okay, there's something weird happening there, but I'm not going to ask too many questions. And I felt, I think, bad about that because I felt like it's, it's, not giving people a voice for something that's actually quite real work that they're doing. And, and, and as somebody that comes from a skeptical background, I felt like I could talk about it in a different way. I could talk about my path from skepticism in a way that maybe gave more information or um, could frame it in a new way for people. And I felt like that was important to do. And it was important to, acknowledge that I was being a psychic, not try to look serious and intuitive and like try to distance myself from those things. Yeah. I think there's a lot of shadow that like comes up, especially for people who are finally like stepping out and owning that they have like these abilities to read energy and, you know, thoughts or what, whatever. And I know for me, I still like I am a little tempered when it comes to that word. I really do prefer the word intuitive, but uh, this is like shadow work in progress for like me and I'm sure hundreds of other people. I get messages every day like, oh, you're inspiring me to come out and like do more Reiki for people or do this or that. And I'm like, I'm so glad that my my feelings of failure and, you know, trials are helping you. But um, tell me a little bit more maybe about like how you felt like emotionally or mentally when you like started coming to terms with these things. Cause I know like that, like stepping out of the, the, the closet of the psychic, you know, abilities can be hard for people. And like, I know personally, I felt like I was going a little bit crazy because like, you know, if you go to the doctors and they're like, oh, how are you mentally? Are you hearing or seeing things that are not there? You know? You're like, how do I answer this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes I hear like the stories of people's uh, like mental breakdowns or th and I'm like, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of those experiences, but I considered them quite um, like good experiences where I learned about the real world. And I think that like I found it intensely painful to change my worldview, to come to terms with having to be a person who could not be rational. Like I still have this weird jealousy when I hear people sort of express doubt. 
So, you know, like you'll hear people kind of say, oh, you know, well, I'm open to that, but I, I don't know. Or, and they get to distance themselves. They get to not take a stance. And I, and I don't feel this way with people who are very like, that's wrong or really taking a stance. But the people who don't have to take a stance, mm. who sort of get to sort of be comfortably in the middle ground floating without really coming to any opinion. I get so jealous of that. Like, I want to, you know, get to sort of sit back and say yeah I mean maybe because it feels like such a like a comfortable place to be and I and then on some level I still see myself that way in fact I still see myself in many ways as a skeptic because that's the the mental frame that I grew up with and I still appreciate like the way of thinking and then I look at myself and I'm like, I'm all, all over the internet, <laughs> like telling people about their, their relatives who have passed on, telling people about how other people feel about them. And I've never met any of these people. And just by doing that, I know that I can't really give myself that position of being like, I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah. So I, I feel like that's really painful. And that's still kind of something that I'm like a bit bitter about <laughs> in some ways. <laughs> I'm someone who's so open-minded to things that you could tell me like the sky is green instead of blue. And I'm like, maybe I could see that. So like, I don't know if I would be, I feel like it's more like people who are just non-attached or kind of a little bit wishy-washy, like not one way or another. So like, that doesn't upset me maybe because I'm more that way, but I'm like, oh, okay, you know, like spirit told me this, but maybe it didn't mean anything or maybe it did. Like, we'll find out. Um, so I can understand how there's like some uh, frustration to like people who just are so easily like non-attached to things. But I think we all have our like little focal points where we are attached, even if we have disattachment to other things in life. So yeah, I annoy people a lot because they're like, oh, well, this is wrong. And I'm like, I can see that point, but you know, and then someone else on the other side, I'm just in the middle being like, well, you both are right. Why not? (laughs) I admire that. I I feel like this is uh, something that I I try to work on, but I really like being right. Like even my whole journey to doing this was partly driven for a long time by liking the fact that I could see things and then it would be right. Like I could see something and then it would be a thing in a person's life. And I, even now I really love the feeling of just starting to say something and then it turning out to, to be that way. Or I'll find out, yeah, I said this was going to happen. And then it happened. And I have to work on this because like a friend told me recently that he'd had some bad news around his job. And, and like, my first thought was, I told you, I told you that. Was, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, I, I don't say it. But part of me is like, oh, yeah, no, I, I love my accuracy. And I feel like that is a big ego thing for me. And I like come a long way. But for a long time, that was the thing that drove me was this ability to get accuracy. And I think that that really helped me hone my skills because I was so obsessed with getting precision. But I also think that it can be a little bit of a thing that takes over too much for me. (laughs) I think it helps that I was raised by a Capricorn mom. And then my husband and my son both have Capricorn rising. So I'm like, I'm okay with being wrong. Because they're just always right. Yeah, it's good. It's good if you can accept your fate in a situation like that. But I I get that. Like the validation is so important, especially when you're starting out, because like, 
I feel like that's where that fine line where you're like, okay, am I actually like receiving true information or am I just going crazy? Um, so I want to talk a little bit about like some tools for like intuitive, like how, if you're just getting into this, like what kind of goodies can you like use to kind of help you either like dive into your intuition better or like get that validation? So the way that I work is very much about just connecting to the self and discovering your own process. And this actually relates to what you were just saying about about how you relate to receiving information and the ways that you kind of are okay with being wrong. And I feel like that's partly related to the kinds of uh, spiritual work that you tune into most easily. Like, I feel like for me, I'm very tuned into people and then I get very excited about giving people this insight about themselves. Um, and some people are more tuned into kind of like energy vibes on a on a like a, a sort of broad, expansive level. And that doesn't necessarily have the same kind of feelings or the same kind of tests that you can do on it. And so the way that I see intuition is that it's like it's all of these channels. They're kind of invisible channels and you can tune into any of the channels. It could be social information that you're sort of picking up through energy. It could be information about trees. And I've done readings for people who can get this understanding just by connecting to a tree. And I don't fully understand it because I don't have that relationship, but when I'm reading them, I can feel what it would be like a bit and I can describe that experience. Wow. And so in doing these readings for people that are getting different kinds of information from the world, I've come to understand that it's not just the things like clairvoyance or clairsentience or these different like feelings. It's also being tuned into different channels, different kinds of information. And that's partly like the ways that we're interested in different things. And so when I teach people intuition, I'm always thinking about how do you, I'm always thinking about how do you create a process where people can just sort of settle into themselves and allow their own process to reveal itself. And so my methods are kind of mindfulness-based, just relax, allow, receive, and then learn to just allow that information to reveal itself and then test it. And that's a process that doesn't isn't teaching a specific like way of receiving or engaging with the world, but it's teaching you to like let your process re re reveal itself to you. I love that. I find that a lot of teachers like I've I've or like ordered courses and things like that and they're like, "Well, this is the one prayer, this is the one way, this is the one path." And like that's not accurate. And like I found that even rules that like have been laid out, you know, for other people don't apply to certain people just because their energy just receives it so differently. And like it's really hard when we're like this civilization that's built on like tradition but I'm finding my little band of like misfits that just do energy different and they're okay with that. And they're like, yeah, you know, I kind of do Reiki, but it's not really Reiki because it's different Reiki. Um, and I really love that you just kind of let the process of whatever it has to look like just unfold. And I think when we try to force intuition down a certain channel, we get really hung up when it's not happening or it's not working. And then like, we're constantly kind of seeking that outside validation. Like, am I doing it right? And it's like, well, if you're doing something that's not meant for you, then no, you're not doing it right. 
So I like that you do that. Yeah, it's, I think that um, we have an idea of what it's going to look like. And that is often what works for different people. I was doing a live reading. I do live readings on Instagram uh, every week, twice a week. And I was doing a live reading recently. And somebody was asking me about this group that they were attending to practice mediumship, spiritual things. And when I read her, um, I sense that that would be like intellectually interesting, but it was going to be hard for this person to connect in that way. And what I felt is that with the channels that would open more naturally for this particular person would be in nature, would be flowing with trees. And while she could learn a lot by going to this group and it didn't seem like a bad thing for her to connect to and continue to learn from, it wasn't gonna necessarily open her channels. And I think that it's very important to discover those things about yourself, to discover like what feels right and to trust that. And I feel like that's kind of like when we say trust the intuition, it really is trusting the feelings and learning what different feelings mean so that you can understand and trust that you understand. Yeah, yeah. I wanna talk a little bit about like ways to validate for yourself because I know when I was starting out, I had like a lot of anxiety about practicing. And honestly, I think that that is like the biggest thing that people like want to use their intuitive gifts, but they're also scared of being wrong. And they're scared of like actually practicing with them. Um, For me, I did stupid little things. When I first started, I would, (laughs) I'm a pediatric dental hygienist. I would read my patient to figure out what toothpaste flavor they would want. That's how I would practice my intuitive gifts without even really like them knowing that I was doing it. I would just put it on the tray before they would even enter the room. And then I would just see if I was right or not. Oh, wow. That's so cool. I I feel like that's exactly what you want to do is find places where you can do tests. So there's a lot of uh, like intuitive experiences you might have where it's very hard to test the information like if you're trying to read what decision is right for you like do intuitive decision making it can be hard to compare that against a different outcome you can maybe compare like well when I use this feeling I tend to feel better but there are a lot of things like what you're talking about where you can just set little tests and I think the like the key thing I would suggest about that is not to always look for, am I right, am I wrong? Just like the binary answer, but to actually notice the feelings Mm -hmm. really, really precisely. So I used to get these um, spontaneous intuitive insights when I was driving and I was practicing constantly. Like this was when I was like obsessively practicing and I would get this sort of spontaneous intuitive insight that the light will be red or the light will be green when I get to the specific intersection. And I would drive around the corner and they would, this would be accurate. So I started trying to recreate this for myself. I would ask and get an answer. And these were not as effective. Like the spontaneous ones, they were right. They were happening. They, they would tell me what color the light was going to be. But when I was trying to make it happen, I was wrong. Not all the time, but you know, enough that you're like, this is, this is not a process that is working. And so instead of saying, okay, I'm right, I'm wrong, this doesn't work. 
I started to just notice, well, where in my body are the different sensations happening? What is the difference between the inaccurate ones that I'm inventing and the, and the ones that are coming spontaneously? And I noticed that the ones that were coming spontaneously felt like this little shoot of information across my abdomen. And the ones that I was making happen felt exactly the same, but they were in my chest. Mm. They were in a different location. So by noticing the subtle differences, I was able to realize, okay, this is a feeling that I can trust. And this is not a feeling that I can trust. So setting up little tests for yourself, but instead of just sort of counting your errors, actually just noticing the feelings and allowing it to be descriptive instead of just like a yes, no answer. Yeah. So one thing I notice when I do intuition and Akasha coaching for people is I'm very like aware of their like body language because the ego wants to play the game. (laughs) The ego doesn't know the answer, but it wants to play the game. So it will try to imitate the intuition. And that's where like you're, when you're forcing it, that's like the ego's playing the game because it's like, I want to be right too. This is great. Like the intuition gets all the fun so that when you have somebody else who can like play the game with you and they can recognize the the body language that's going on, like when you're speaking from like your intuition, your facial expressions are completely different than when you're speaking from your ego up here. So as one thing, like I wish I had a mirror when I'm trying to like play the game because I would see it better, but um, it's like fun to play with a partner as well. And I think that's like another way to get that like little validation. Cause then you have that other person be like, oh yeah. Like, and then they can ask you like, what did it feel like? What did you experience? Like go a little bit deeper into that. So I do, I do like trying to call my ego out when it's trying to play that game with me. <laughs> it does that yeah, a lot. I think it's so subtle. Like that sense of like, you can easily step over into a different part of your mental process. I, I have this um, image that I use when I'm teaching of like being in the river of intuition. And what we often want to do is like stand on the side and pull out insights and then interpret them. And it can feel like it's the same thing until you know the difference of like being in the flow and allowing the flow to sort of like reveal things is you'll get these moments when you're working intuitively where it just clarifies and and you can try to recreate that sharpness with just like well here's an idea and you've actually interpreted it you've actually made something up and it's can be so subtle because it's just like noticing exactly like you're saying the different feeling of it or it just feels different and so you have to learn to realize the difference in feeling for yourself Yeah. And I think sometimes people are afraid to like, like you said, they would rather stand on the side and like dip their toe in and see what they get from that. But I think sometimes people are afraid to actually just jump in. And so, so by like standing on the sidelines, like they're getting some of it, but then they're like, not necessarily understanding the whole thing. They're not really getting the whole process. So they're only getting like the bits and pieces. And then the ego is like, well, well, I don't know what to make of this. So like one thing that I try to help people with is like, sometimes you have to talk to your ego to get over themselves. Like I tried to tell my clients, like, we're going to, we're going to be more curious today than afraid of what's going to happen when we jump in. Like, you'll be able to breathe. Don't worry. But we're going to tell the ego, we're going to be more curious than afraid. And then 
at any point in time when we're like, wow, that's crazy. We can just step back and say like, I don't want to do this anymore. So it's like really just kind of letting your guard down a little bit more than your mind's usually willing to do. Yeah. I think there's so much in what you just said that's really important, like learning how to work with intuition. Um, One of the things is that sense that you can be afraid of it. And I think there's two parts of that. One is like wanting to be in control and wanting to get the right answer, like that desire to like just get the insight without having to submit to it is really like is what the ego wants. Um, And then there's also like a sort of deeper fear of like submitting to it of allowing yourself to sort of flow and they're related but I think they're different like I think there is actually often a resistance that's a bit deeper happening Mm. and then I think you're so right about that idea of talking to the parts of yourself that are blocking the ego the mind whatever you want to call it I used to have to do this every single time I would do a reading so when I was just knew how to hold my hand over a picture and meditate I would do these readings like by myself people would say well can you read this person and they'd send me a picture and I'd say okay well I don't know I can meditate and see what I said and then I'd send them back these images then they'd be like yeah this is in my life but every single time because I was so skeptical of this I would go through this process where I'd start to meditate and then I'd hit this wall and it was this voice in my head saying no this is stupid this is not going to be a thing this isn't going to work it's not going to turn out to be anything and and I think like going back to what you were saying earlier about shame and different uh spiritual traditions and coming with like that block can sound different for different people it can be that this is bad or this is wrong or this is not okay or you're not going to be okay as a person if you do this for me it was this is irrational (laughs) you know that was what the voice (laughs) in my head used because that's what was meaningful to me um and I would say I would stop and have to talk to it and, and I would just say yeah you're probably right you're absolutely right this is nothing's gonna happen but you know what it doesn't matter because when I come back, you can tell me nothing happened, you know, like we'll come back. And if you're right, you're right. But I'm just going to do this anyways. And so I'd like say, you just sit on the side and let me go through this process of just relaxing and seeing images. And then you can come back and say, you're right. And it was never right. So it didn't work out. I tricked (laughs) it. I think my, my block is always like, I don't know. And I have to talk to, it's still, I've been doing this for years I don't know. And I'm like, of course you don't know because the mind is not going to know. Like that's not where the information comes from. So like, that's what my block is like every single time. And I get like validation from people like every time, like, wow, I can't believe like you got that from me. Like when I open people's records, sometimes I physically feel their pain in my body, wherever it is in their body. And I will add that into my little note because sometimes it has nothing to do with the reading. And they're like, oh my God, I've been experiencing this for like months now. And she's like, after your reading, it went away. And I was like, clearly there was something you had to know but like my mind always goes to well this is stupid why would my body start hurting for no reason there and then like I have to remind my mind like it's okay maybe it's not about me (laughs) maybe it's about them (laughs) and just be, be more curious than afraid I really yeah that is my biggest tip to everybody is be more curious than afraid that's so interesting because I I, when you said I don't know my immediate thought is like that's such a great position to start from but it's like that tension I guess where you feel like you should know 
yeah. but you don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's so it's so interesting, like the different ways people hold themselves back, the different ways people like the voices and what they say. And yet it's often the same, like structural, just avoidance of going into something that feels beyond us, I guess. Yeah. How were you able to build up your confidence to get to where you are today? Because I get people constantly saying like, I want to do what you do, but I just don't know how to get there. I don't have the confidence. Yeah, well, I had a very like inverted experience because I was able to very quickly get information that other people were saying, wow, that's great. And my belief had to catch up. So I spent, a, I was, I would be able, like, I would go and do the reading and that would be fine. Or I, and people would, you know, be saying, oh, well, like, yes, you really uh, expressed what I was feeling emotionally. And this thing that you saw was, was related to something from like my father who passed away and all this is exactly what I'm feeling about it. And I had so much judgment of like, well, I don't understand how this is working, that I was so busy focused on that, that I feel like I never had that feeling of looking at something and thinking, oh, I want to do that. And I'm not there yet because I felt like my abilities were way beyond my desire to do this. And I felt like I really didn't want to go and have to be a psychic in my life. Like that that was not my goal. That was not what I was trying to do. It was like more of a disappointment. Like, oh, I thought I was going to be a serious person and I'm not a serious person, which is something that like, it's not that it's not serious work. I take it very seriously, but there's some way that in my head, that was what I felt like I was coming to terms with. And it's like, I was already, my my other career was being an artist. And so I'm like, I don't even know, like, (laughs) I have no real world life somehow now it felt very kind of um yeah it felt like I had to emotionally come to terms with it in a way that kind of protected me from having to be concerned that I wasn't skilled enough because my skills were already like I don't even believe that's possible so I don't know I don't know what's happening but I do I do feel like I had more similar experience with my experience of um, writing because I was like really trying to learn how to do that for most of my life and I think that it's like you just build your relationship to the thing mm-hmm. and when you're seeing somebody else do it when you're seeing somebody else do this kind of work or whatever you're trying to do and you're thinking oh that looks great I really want to do that I feel like I have that in me it's like you haven't yet discovered your own personal relationship to the work, but once you start to discover that through practicing, through just like spending time with it, and I mean spending time with your own abilities, your own way of doing it, then it, then it, then I think it like the process flows, the development sort of flows. Yeah. Did it seem like to you that like the next obvious thing that you had to do was like stop what you were doing and just like add this to your life and become an internet like intuitive psychic and like like what was the process of that like just being like okay I have this skill it's beyond me and I'm just doing it and like how did you come from like doing that to like where you are today like you do readings regularly you you teach a class on intuition you have a YouTube channel you have all these things going on and most people are like still trying to figure out how to come out of their spiritual closets. 
Yeah, it did kind of feel, first of all, I love that internet, <laughs> internet intuitive psychic. Uh, it's a great term. That's a great job title. Um, but it kind of did flow for me. I was so obsessed with the practice, with figuring out this thing and with like understanding what this would mean for my worldview and what I could learn about the world through it. So it was a very, very kind of natural process of just being obsessed. And it was also an interesting time because I had come out of a very long relationship around this time and I was sort of restructuring my life. So I had a lot of space that like usually people don't have, usually I wouldn't have had in my life to just explore. I was traveling a lot. I would just sort of wander around and meditate and write and wander around and meditate and write. And um, I had a job that allowed me to do this. And it kind of felt in some ways that like I'd been putting this off, like I'd been, I'd been resisting this for a long time and now I had to do it. So it did feel like I was very pulled into the space and that there was this almost like bubble that was protecting me in this time where I had to figure this out and giving me this space. So I felt very, um, I guess, lucky to have that time, to have that space, to have that opportunity. Um, and the obsession sort of took over. Like it just became absolutely, I could, I would want to do other things, but I would just fill notebooks, like testing, learning, practicing, trying different approaches to intuition. And so it felt like I didn't really have a choice in a lot of ways. But then when it comes to starting the business, that was actually, I didn't start it. I have a friend, Amber, who is the most lovely person. She's a photographer. She works full time. She's a parent and she also has a photography business. And then I feel like she started more than one person's business so what happened when it became a business was she started inviting me over to do uh, readings for her and then she started inviting her friends and then she started charging her friends and I was just sort of like oh, okay now this is happening and so I had I didn't really decide she did it for me in a way that was very natural because she makes she's very like just graceful in the way she does everything so she just sort of started my business and I always think okay well I guess Amber started a business for me so uh now I have to have a business and I started to just do readings for people and then I started to tell other people that I was doing readings uh and I'd always been interested in like sharing things online. I feel like I can be a very private person. I actually am like terrified of it, but in but I also feel like it's something that is just a, a good way to communicate something that feels very like I can say what I really want to say. I can express myself in a very honest way through social media channels. Um, so it it came very naturally, I guess. I love that. I love that your friend was just like she saw your natural gift and was like, all right, well, we're going to make this happen now. She sounds like she might be a manifester. I don't know though, but like that would be if her human design, if I had to guess, or maybe a manifesting generator. Um, yeah, for me, I think no. I just know what is she? I know. I don't know what she is, oh. but <laughs> it's an interesting question. I should find out. Yeah. If she knows what she is. For me, I think I keep getting smacked in the face with it because I'm the type of person, I'm a Pisces, I like to avoid things. I also have Libra rising, so I like to avoid things. <laughs> so I just keep getting smacked in the face with it. Like, no, this is what you need to do, honey. And like, yeah, my journey's like come a very long way from hiding. But, you know, I think that 
everyone has sort of their own path that they have to take to get here. And maybe the setbacks they're experiencing help kind of propel them forward in the long run. At least that's the way I like to frame it. Um, so even if you're, you know, working with your intuition, you're really digging down deep and you're feeling like things are not really working for you yet. Like just I think just hold in there and then the opportunity when it's supposed to divinely come for you, it will. Um, I want to talk about your flowers because that is something very, very noticeable about you in appearance when you go on your Facebook or your Instagram or your YouTube channel is these beautiful crowns. Do you make them? No, I don't make them. I, someday, maybe I'll start making them, but I, I just uh, find play, find crowns that I admire and buy them. You're wearing one right now, and it's pretty gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is like often when I'll do more quiet calls, I wear smaller crowns than I wear <laughs> on the internet. So I have like two levels of crowns. Yeah. Tell me a little bit more about them. How did you get started in wearing them? What do they signify for you or are they just a part of the process I think to me I would look at before I started wearing them I would look at myself and sort of feel there was something missing it's it's like the, it's a kind of creative process of just adjusting until it feels right it, there's not like a symbolic meaning except that I think I didn't feel like the way that I was presenting myself visually was aligned with what I was doing internally somehow and it's a very just sort of like that's not quite right let me adjust and then I had this sudden I think it was like one one day I just had this idea of flower crowns and I don't think I I think I like purchased a lot at once and I was just absolutely clear this is going to be part of what I do, how I present myself. And I think that's partly because I've always been interested in like uh, images and I think of it as like personal mythology. Like I, I used to be when I was, I would wear, I worked for a long time with musicians and I would I, I think about like, how do you tell your story? What is your mythology? What is your identity? And it's kind of like, branding but I think of it as more like a deeper version like it's not about how other people see you or kind of creating an image it's about allowing your whole self to sort of present at every level um and 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 bringing or creating an image that people can see the whole when they just look at you or they can they get a sense of the whole when they just look at you and so I think that's sort of what it was I felt like it, com it also just completes my head. Yeah, <laughs> I love that's it. the way my head is supposed to be. You're like, this is the human me without one. And then this is the one that's magical. And I love it. And it's <laughs> totally you. And I think when people see it, they get a sense of your personality. My dog agrees. <laughs> oh, good, good. I was really, I really mostly uh, chose to do it in the hopes that dogs would appreciate it. So this is the personal triumph for me. <laughs> Anyways, I do want to get into, uh, you're going to do a reading for me. And I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah, me too. 
Um, so is there anything in particular you would like me to read? The way that I do readings is, first of all, it's like a direct energy reading. So I don't really use cards. I don't use any divination tools. I just tune into whatever the subject of my reading is. And then I describe what I sense. And it's either feelings in my body or like a sense of an energy map around me. Or sometimes I hear things. Um, it's just whatever comes. And the way that I always do it is I kind of give people three options of how to start. You can ask me just for a general reading where I just tune in, like set, <laughs> set you as my focus and tell you what I sense. You can ask me a specific question or you can ask me for a reading of an area of your life. And then I just focus on that area. Uh, so, you... okay. A hot topic for me, uh, is like what's coming up for my business and like, my human job versus my business job and sort of like how that energy is going to play out. I'm really curious. Your human job versus your, so your, 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 my magical unicorn job, your magical unicorn job. Okay. That is also good. You're coming up with a lot of good job titles today. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. So I'll just take a few moments and settle in. So starting with that like specific question of the relationship between the two, the first thing I feel is that there's something about your energy in your human job um, that it's very different and much sort of like heavier, more grounded, like just than in your unicorn job um, and in the way you, than, than the way you are in the rest of your life. Yeah, And there's this very like strong sort of way of being mm-hmm. that like takes up a space in your life and also kind of anchors part of you in a way that I think is actually holding a lot of your energy because it's like you're trying to, you're trying to fit in that space in a way that like makes your energy heavier almost it feels like. Yeah. And it feels like that specific, it's not being in that job, but that specific energy shift that you do to go into that job is actually taking energy away from the rest of your life in a way that's kind of problematic for you and problematic for growing your unicorn business because it's draining this sort of like, it's not draining, but it's like sucking energy into it's almost like but it's not doing the job it's not the tasks of the job that are doing this it's the person you have to be in the job yeah that is that is causing this and what what I'm feeling about that is that some of that is the way that you think you need to be in the job Mm. and not the way that the job requires you to be but it's like the job actually may allow for you to like, it's like naturally the image to me is almost like naturally you sort of want to float <laughs> like you, and you're trying to hold yourself. So you've like eaten all these rocks to be like, I'm going to stay on the ground, but naturally you just want to float. And I feel like that you would actually release a lot of energy and become and, and feel more, able to move between the spaces if you shifted your orientation in the job like if you allowed yourself to bring who you are into that space I feel like you don't trust the space to accept it 
<laughs> but I don't actually feel, I feel like there'd be a sort of confusion. Like when they think about the people around your job, like, and I sort of tune into them, they'd be sort of like, oh, that is strange. But they wouldn't actually be rejecting of it. They'd just be like, oh, okay, that's what she's doing. And I also think they they know more than you necessarily are giving them credit for. Like they're, they're not going to engage They're And I think that you're sort of protecting yourself from a response that you're assuming would happen. And I think you'd get a very neutral response if you shifted your energy. Yeah. It would just be like, oh, okay, that's that's what's happening. You wouldn't get necessarily a hugely supportive response. They wouldn't be like, yay, we're cheering you on. They just feel very like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. Um, and so I feel like there's some way of shifting your energy that actually, and, and it feels like that releases energy that you could then put into expanding your unicorn job. Yeah. But right now it's like you're holding this weight. I mask a lot at my job. There's times when I feel safe to be me around certain patients. Like I can, I get that vibe. I'm like, I'm going to be my weird self and we're going to vibe on it and it's going to be fun. But like the majority of the time, like I'm just like, all right, there's a parent in my room. I have to be normal. I can't be rainbow magical because, you know, I think that I worry about what my coworkers are going to think of me. They're, they're seeing more bits and parts of me. They know I'm weird. Let's just put it out there. I say weird shit to them all the time. They know I'm weird, but I yeah. think they just didn't know how weird I am. What I'm calling weird is just normalcy to me, but... <laughs> Yeah. To, to me, it feels like the more you give them of it, the more they actually can put it in context. Because it's almost like the lack of information is just like, well, I know there's something happening there, but I don't know really know what it is. But the more you actually are yourself, the more they would be able to respond to it in a way that's genuine and like, oh, okay, now I kind of get it. And I feel like the sort of giving bits you're not giving them enough information to stop seeming confused, but then you're like, well, they seem sort of confused so that they can't, but you know, but you're sort of setting that up with the way that you like feed them bits of yourself and then hold something and aren't quite being yourself. And I feel like when you're not being yourself, and this is more of a general thing when like we aren't being ourselves as people, often that's confusing for people. And then we assume that it's the part where like, oh, it's, it's the us part. It's the me part that's confusing them, but it's actually like the, the conflict that you're displaying. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could be a little more genuine, but like my, I guess the anxiety is like the oversharing, the overwhelming. I'm a very intense person at times. So I think there's a lot of shadow to work through there, probably. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I think what I'm sensing is that it's your relationship to it. Like, I think you feel like it's the other people who need this from you. Mm. And I don't think it's the other people that need this from you in my sense. Like there may be like, like there may be patients that find it strange, but, or, or like, oh, well, I didn't know what to make of her or something. But to me, that doesn't feel like it would actually bother you. It's more something else that you're expecting. Mm. that's not that's not gonna happen but it has to do with your own feelings and the the thing is that's particularly interesting like reading the energy is that this way of being is almost like 
it anchors you in a way that's not just affecting you at work. It's affecting your other work. And I think that's partly because you're, it's like, this is a safety net that also allows you not to go fully into that other space. Like this is your safety net, but it's not just like a job safety net. It's like a, but I could just be, I could just drop back into being a normal person at any second safety net. Yeah. I don't want to be a unicorn some days. I'm like, why can't I be a normal freaking person? (laughs) I guess that's like the same as like where you like feel that way towards people who are just like non-committal to things. I'm like, why can't I just be oblivious? And why do I have to feel like everyone's pain or emotion or like know what they're thinking? And like, oh man, how great would it be to like not know anything? (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I do think that that is like a much calmer headspace in many ways because you don't have to like pick up on something so somebody walked by oh now I have to figure out well what was that energy and like you have to process it through and figure out what you're feeling and it does it's like a superpower but (laughs) until you really like know how to work with it and feel comfortable with it it can just feel like this extra sort of weight or complexity and I, and I do think that there is something that's very scary in general about being who you are like mm-hmm. if you saw somebody else being who they are you're like that's great they're being themselves but when it's you I we have like this delusion that we can be somebody other than ourselves I feel like that's a really common delusion that you're like well mm-hmm. what I could do is I could see that person who looks like really like they live a really comfortable place or they're in a comfortable place in society and I can just make myself like that Mm. but I don't think that we can it's like one of the things I realized is that before I was doing this work I thought I could create myself I thought I could like force myself into an identity that I thought I should have Mm. and this whole path feels like something that I was suppressing and now I think of it like oh you can't stop yourself from like being who you are you can suppress it you can mask it you can like do all of this sort of like I will just hold it in like a tight knot in my solar plexus instead of ever expressing it into the world but you can't really decide what it's actually gonna feel like to be you yeah I feel like I'm a really good actor (laughs) (laughs) it's really all I've accomplished I'm really good at acting (laughs) yeah Um, well that's the useful skill (laughs) Um, yeah. Do you sense anything else about my unicorn job? Do you mind? No, no, absolutely not. I'm very happy. It's funny. Like I, my line of view right now, as I look across my room, is that a little snow globe with unicorns, unicorns in it. So I can just look over and say, oh, unicorns, as you talk about unicorns. Um, with I feel like there's a similar sense that you want to control the paths it's taking. You have like channels that you ha- have decided these are the ways it's going to move. And you're it's almost like you're trying to hold reins around the things that you think it's going to be. And that's not actually how it grows. That's not how it's grown when it has expanded. That's not the flow of your job your job sort of like expands, has this very 
um, I want to say like amorphous, like it has this way of sort of diffusing out and it sort of expands in a way that doesn't feel structured when it expands, mm -hmm. but you really like the idea of structure. And I think this is related to like that thing you were saying earlier about how uh, you are uncomfortable with the idea that you don't know. So the way that you approach your job is to be like, well, I'm going to figure out how I can know and then I'm going to implement that. And that's not at all what the job is. That's not what it wants from you. It, and it, but it's like there's ways that you kind of limit it by trying to hold your goals. Mm -hmm. And I feel a specific thing where you have like this path where you're like, OK, this is, these are the steps I'm taking. And then I can move to the next thing. But what it wants to do is almost like stop holding that and allow it to sort of diffuse out and expand. And I feel like that feels sort of like unsettling to you. Yeah. You want to do a set of steps that you are planning. Mm. I want to do and one that, thing at a time really well, yeah. and then I can go to the next thing. Yeah, that's what it feels like. You're like, here's this path, and I'm, and you're really trying to hold it, even though things come at you from the side all the time. You really think that your path is going to be to hold this. And this is like, again, it's a struggle between your idea of what it should be mm. and how it actually expands. And it's almost like the ways things naturally expand for you is like a cloud. <laughs> And that's really your, you, I feel like you know that you're like, yeah, no, clouds are like partly how everything works. But at the same time, you don't like that. You're yeah. like, I cannot control a cloud. I cannot manage a cloud. I don't understand how the cloud. Clouds <laughs> are everywhere together. all at once. And I'm like, there's just yeah. one me. Yeah. But I don't think, I think, again, you have an idea of what it means to have everything happening that feels more tangible. And that's not actually how you work. That's not actually how you flow with things. Mm -hmm. And you don't like it. So I feel like you're holding in different ways. It's almost like this sense that your work wants to expand, the, the, the you want to expand, but you are holding yourself in ways that you think are going to help you, you think are going to be the right way to do it. Yeah. And you're like in this sort of inner, inner struggle where you're like, no, I definitely can do my things according to the order that I've laid out. And you like, it's actually stress is stressful for you all the time because that's not you. Uh, one thing I've tried to implement because my mind will tell me, okay, the next logical thing we need to do is this. I've started to muscle test it because oftentimes my body will be like, no, that's not it. Don't do that. Don't waste your time. It's like running on a treadmill and like, you're not really getting anywhere, but it feels mm -hmm. like you're getting a really good workout and you're making progress. That's the way yeah. I would explain my energy right now. So I've been trying yeah. to do the like, okay, well, my ego's obviously trying to do the control thing. So like, let's really find out what my body thinks about that right now. And it'll be like, no, don't do that. And I'm like, all right, body has the final say. That's it. We're not doing it. <laughs> that's great. I, I also feel like there's something that's a bit, this would be annoying for you, but in your energy, there's a way that you sort of don't see what's next, like naturally don't see what's next until it sort of comes out of nowhere. Hmm. And that's like a very natural thing for you, but it's not how anybody is taught to make plans. 
Like, no, it's just like, not the it, appropriate way. It's like intentionally done just so that I can't back out of it. Like I understand the energy of it. Like it's kind of like I need to be surprised so I can react to it and just do the thing. But if I have enough advanced yeah. information, I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to find out how I can get out of this. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. It, but it does feel like you almost like call things in. Like your energy is very like I'm managing the whole cloud try not to get involved like that's what how it would be and like the things that are coming in are not things that you can see and those are often the best things for you and then you just sort of like draw them into you and it's something about your ability to sort of like call things to you like you have an energetic ability to call things to you Mm -hmm. and sort of hold things that you don't have to attend to, like you don't have to attend to everything. And I think that's another piece is you, you can have a lot going on, but you don't have to attend to everything. And I feel like if you're really flowing with your own energy, you kind of know which things you need to attend to in the moment, but you're not mentally trusting yourself to do that. Your mind is like, I'm going to hold all of the pieces. I'm trying to work in the Akashic records where I'm like, programming energy and then like okay I'm I don't need to think about this for a few days or a few weeks <laughs> yeah. so I don't know if it's related to that but yeah I can see that I I tried to hold on to all the little strings to make sure they're going the right way yeah oh wow yeah thank you so much that thank you for showing me me <laughs> you're welcome yeah I I love to do readings like that and I'm so happy like I feel like it's such a good way to get to know somebody to me I feel like that when I get to read somebody it's like you get to know them on a level that usually you don't find out (laughs) like you're not seeing those things it's like I'm gonna go into the sort of energy field and it's always like a different structure and you get to understand sort of like these really subtly different ways different people are processing Mm. It's really cool. (laughs) I'm going to just make a a comment about your process, which I appreciate because I think as humans, we don't do this. You take as much of a pause as you need. And I think for me, especially, I feel like, all right, I got to get this right fast, quickest way possible, but you're just so at peace when you're just like, and you take as long as you need. And I think that's something else that like as humans, we need to honor about ourselves is how long the process takes for us to get there and not rushing it. Mm, Yeah, I think that's very important. I I feel like I need to sort of understand how the things fit together. I, I feel like that's related to being wanting to be very careful about giving information that's going to be useful. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so concerned about that, that I don't really care if you, if I'm staring off and I do live readings and sometimes, especially towards the end, cause I'll do like an hour more and I'll just sort of go off. And... Oh, right. Well, I was in the middle of that sentence, but you know, something else was happening. And I think sometimes I'm like, this is a terrible way to, to like do a live and talk to people, but it does. It's like, cause you're working at a different level and I have to allow the, the, the picture to fill itself out before I can describe what it is. Yeah. Perfect. What is the best way for people to find you or get more information about what you're offering? Uh, well, I'm on various social platforms. I'm most active on Instagram and my Instagram handle is Gata Jane Intuitive. And uh, you can also go to my website, which is gatajaneintuitive.com. 
Um, and, but I'm also, you can search the same name on Facebook. Um, I'm easy to find there. And so, yeah, any of those social platforms are really great places to connect with me or my website. Perfect. Thank you so much for being on the episode with me today. I'll make sure that all of your links are in the show notes so people can check you out. And until next week, I will see you guys later. I wanted to take the moment of your time right now to announce the launch of my new Patreon, www.patreon.com slash intuition by Tia Marie. Right now I have an Akashic level of healing that is so strong and powerful and set to the most beautiful and high quality audio meditations. Some of these use Sofiego frequency and some use binaural music and every single one delivers high energy healing. As a member for only $11 every month, you'll get the benefit of receiving this energy healing through the audios. I'll be uploading new ones every single month and you'll get the opportunity to make requests or to vote on new healing intentions. As a monthly supporter, not only will you be doing something amazing for yourself, but you will help me create many more opportunities to heal others as well and support me on this creative endeavor. My goal is to create like one of the most expansive libraries of Akashic energy healing. You can check out the link in my show notes below and thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to spend with me today and listening to this episode. Look out for the next episode dropping soon and make sure you like and subscribe so you will know and get notifications when that happens. You can also follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I am Intuition by Tia Marie and I also have a website you can check out www.intuitionbytmarie.com. All links will be in the show notes. Until next time, 